I think of persistent, I think of the times that, uh, well, not the times, because there was one time in particular I'm thinking of, I asked a girl on a date for the first time. There's always a first time to do that, okay? So I call her on the phone, and uh, she, hung, she hung up on me. Uh, no, don't say on, oh, she was busy, something was going on, and she's like, I gotta go, bye. And I'm like, I can't even get the words out. So, okay, she called back second time. About to ask, phone, hang up, I gotta go. Third time, third time's a charm, ask her, she gets back to me. Doesn't happen. Sorry. That's supposed to be funny. This, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, now I feel like you all feel like, oh, he just, I just feel so bad for him. Uh, it's supposed to be funny. I asked a girl out, took her three tries and it failed. Okay. Persistence. We're talking about persistence here tonight. And man, when we want something, right? Like I called once. Nope. I called twice. Man, I needed to get this out because I need to get this off my chest. You know what I'm saying? Um, three times. If you can't get the past the first time, just, just stop there. Just a little word to the wise. Anyway, so three times. So when we want something, man, we will continue to go to the wall until we can get it, right? You kind of see this at the store. Have you ever been to uh, Target or, you know, wherever, and you see, like, toddlers, you know, they're, they're trying to persuade their parents, like, Mom, I want this toy. And it's like, Mom, I want this toy. And it, and it starts out innocent. And then out of nowhere, they blow up like a grenade. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you just kind of walk in here, ah! and you just turn around. And there's this kid, body parts, no, I'm just kidding. But this kid... <laughs> It's like screaming when they, because they, they, they say, listen, my reasoning's not working. Mom is putting me in the cart and she's pushing me away from the aisle where that toy is. I'm going to yell until I get it, right? Um, I, one time I was, when I was working at Target, I actually heard this, this, this kid scream. I heard a yell. I heard a smash. I heard a bang. And I'm like, what's going on? So this kid's yelling. This mom is yelling at the kid. And then all of a sudden it kind of settles down. And the mom goes, and it gets quiet for a second. I'm like, listening. I'm in the aisle over. And mind you, I'm in the sports section, and I hear this. I hear, listen, mom, mommy's sorry that she got mad at you, but you, you dropped a weight on her. And I'm thinking, like, they have the weights out, and this little kid just, like, bashes her mom with it, you know? Goodness. But kids can be so persistent. We see that over and over again. And, man, we are in our, our series called Persistent. And what have, we have been discovering is that, man, we, when, when it comes to the things that we, what we want... Man, we are very persistent to the point of like, we will do whatever it takes. Kind of like a toddler, we will do whatever it takes to get that toy. Likewise, when it comes to our own lives of things that we want, man, we'll do whatever it takes to get those things. Isn't that true? And what Joey pointed out last week is that when it comes to the things of God, for some reason, for some reason, you and I are inclined to give up sooner that we, we, we kind of maybe reach a point where we're afraid or reach a point where we don't see any movement and we kind of say, ah, you know what, it's, let's just stop. See, when it comes to the things that we want, we'll keep going. But when it comes to this, for some reason, something, whether it be a heart motivation, whether it be failure, whether it be we just don't see any result, for some reason it holds us back. And what Joey was, was getting at last week, he said, be persistent and see the mountains move in your life. That's what he left us with last week. And he just had an amazing message challenging us, man, that we need to step it up. We need to be more persistent. And as we do that, we will see God show up. Now, if you guys didn't hear that message, um, be sure to check it out on the podcast. It's on the website. Um, Please listen to that if you weren't here. It was incredible. And I believe that is where we're going as a youth group is that we need to be able to press in. 
So being persistent and seeing the mountains move your life. Guys, like Joey said last week, that does not give you an ability to be a stalker now to all the girls and say, well, Joey said if I be persistent, the mountain of you not loving me will be moved. That's creepy. People go to jail for that. You're laughing, but you're all guilty. It's like, <laughs> he's on to me. So here's the thing. Because I believe some of us in this room, we have seen God heal. We've seen God do amazing things. We've seen the mountains in our lives moved, okay? But why? Why does our culture, why do even us sometimes, why do we give up? Like some of us, we've seen this, but what are the reasons why for, that there's something tugging at us that kind of holds us back tonight? The question I have is, why so often do we encounter failure? I have an analogy for you. Um, let's say if I were to take a million dollars and put it right here on the stage and cover it and surround it with broccoli, a lot, a lot of broccoli. Then I would make another pile over here and I put dog poop here, okay? And I, and I, and I surrounded it with cotton candy, with, with sweetest fish, with Sour Patch Kids, everything that, that is sweet and besides the dog poop. But... Okay, so I made two piles, and we brought a child in here, and we said, which one would you want? Now, the child, not understanding the value of what's over here, would choose the dog poop pile, which is really unfortunate, and you're probably thinking to yourself, that's sick. That's sick, Andrew. What's wrong with you? But here's the thing. We wouldn't blame the kid. We would understand, well, you're a young kid. You don't understand the true value of what's over here. And likewise, I believe that we have been sabotaging ourselves by not truly understanding our heart's motivations when it comes to being persistent with God. That, that we kind of pick the, uh, well, it's not really working out, so I'm just going to stick with the dog poop pile. When we realize that if we are persistent, if we, can, if we realize these things in our heart, in which we're going to talk about tonight, that we will be able to move forward and be these people that Joey introduced last week. It's important that we understand our hearts tonight. That, that's what I want to do. Because it's true that our motivations matter, right? Girls, let's say that guy, oh man, that guy that you, you've been praying that would love you comes up to you and says, what's up, girl? I want you to be my girlfriend. You're pumped. You're stoked. But what if this guy said, hey, listen, all right, so here's, here's, the, here's the printout of what you need to do. Um, you need to take care of me. You need to, um, when I call, you darn well better answer. Um, you better be there for me whenever I want. You got to make me a sandwich. At that point, some of you girls would just punch this kid right in the face. You know what I'm saying? None of you girls have a dream of being with a selfish guy, right? See, motivations matter. Because if, if his motivation is selfishness, you're not going to want to be a part of that. Because selfishness ruins relationships. Man, maybe, maybe tonight you're a people pleaser. This is something I struggle with. I want to make everyone happy. I want everyone to love me. And, and when you try to people please, it's so amazing how miserable you would be, right? So that motivation of people pleasing, man, will lead you to misery. So tonight, as we kind of talk about heart motivations, this is why it matters. Because if our heart motivation is off when it comes to being persistent with God, man, we're going to meet failure. We're going we're to get upset. We're, gonna, we're gonna not going to see any progress. And we're going to give up. So tonight... It is crucial that we understand, that we understand what Jesus has done for us and how we can be able to be persistent in that. 
Um, if you're not a Christian here tonight, this is an awesome night for you to be here because we're just going to look at just the gospel. We're going to talk about the gospel tonight. And, and I believe that if we want to be able to do, that we need to realize what has been done for us tonight. That if we want to move forward as a youth group, if we want to see God show up in our lives, in order to do that, we need to focus on not what to do just yet. We need to focus on what has been done. When we understand what Jesus has done for us, I believe that we can move forward and see more and more mountains move in our lives. So we're going to um, dive into a, a, a scripture in Luke 18, and Jesus is talking with this rich man. I know we've heard this story before, but... Um, we're just going to keep going through it. We're going to go through it, and I just hope that you would see it in a new light. So Jesus is talking with this guy, and a certain ruler, in verse 18, a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus says, well, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So this, this rich man comes up, and he's saying, good teacher, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God. And then Jesus says something interesting. He kind of stops him and says, well, no one's good except for God alone. So he's, ta- he's saying two things here. The first thing he's saying is that none of us are good in of ourselves. He's saying you're not good in of yourself. And then two, he's saying you're calling me good and only God is good. And he's trying to allude to this man that he has power, that he is God. See, this rich man if you know the story, comes up and he has this like really prideful attitude, like, hey, I'm, I'm good to go. He's like your goody two-shoes, uh, except rich. You know what I'm saying? That kid in the class that always raises his hand, has the right answer, you want to punch him? He's that guy, except he has a lot of money. Okay, so he comes up and Jesus knows what's on this guy's heart. He knows what this guy's thinking. He's saying, you call me a good teacher? Well, no one's good. And, and no one's good. He's pointing at this guy saying, you're not, you're not good. He's trying to get a message across, but it's clear that this guy doesn't get it. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that means your mom has sinned, your dad has sinned, (laughs) Tom Cruise has sinned, my grandmother has sinned, the Pope has sinned, Joey Lucci's family has sinned. And Joey Lucci's extended family has sinned. Teach you to put pictures of me and my grandma on the stage. All right, you can take that down. See, the thing here tonight is that no matter who we are, we all fall short of the glory of God. As that sounds like a really scary thing, it's let it be a freeing thing here tonight. Because the, the problem with this rich man is, and we're gonna, as we kind of talk about it, is he's so set on performance, so set on what he needs to do that he misses out. Guys, that he, listen, he misses out on who Jesus is. So he continues. So this, this man comes up, says, what must I do to be saved? Jesus continues. He says in verse 20, you know the, com- you know the commandments. You should not commit adultery. You should not murder, you should not steal, you should not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. I can see this man, he kind of interjects and says, well, all these I've kept since I was a boy. So Jesus starts giving him a list, and and Jesus is not saying this is what you need to do to earn my favor. Jesus is just testing this guy's heart, and he's saying, here's a list of things. And this guy stops and says, no, 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 hey, hey, Jesus, we're good, I've done 
all of these things. And I believe the first extreme that, that is in our hearts that is coming out right now that we can see is the first extreme is this, is that we can get caught up into our own self-righteousness. Our own self-righteousness. Tim Keller in his book, um, The Prodigal God, was talking about this and he says this. A self-righteous person uses his moral record to put God and others in his debt, to control them and to get them to do what he wants. So up comes the rich guy. He's confident in what he has done. He says, I have been persistent in all of these areas, God. I've done all of these things. So therefore, he's tr- you, I deserve, Jesus, your stamp of approval. This is what this guy's trying to say. And see, my fear tonight is this. My fear is that you and I can fall into this same type of thinking. Think about it. Man, we start to look at ourselves, we, our, 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 our pride kind of flares up, right? And we start saying, hey, I'm a good person. I've done so many good things. Maybe you're thinking about, you know, all the, all the programs you've gone through and all the people you've helped and all the times that you, oh, I did community service and I care for this and I did that and I go to church and I'm, you go on and on. It's almost like we come to Jesus with a list in our hands of all the good things that we've done and then we look at God and say, God, because I've done these things, you owe me. That's in my heart too. That's in in your heart and that's in my heart. We have this this sick ability sometimes to say, God, look what I've been doing. Now, I deserve you to show up in my life. I deserve to get what I want. So my question is, guys, tonight, when we think about God, when we think about being persistent for him, are we persistent for the things he he can do for us? Is Is that our motivation here tonight? Is it because we're trying to earn his favor? Like we think, well, if I do a whole bunch of good things, then God will will love me. Both of these things are wrong. And we're gonna continue to unpack that. So, So the man says, all of these I've kept since I was a boy. And then Jesus says this in verse 22. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have. Everything you have. This guy was rich. He had so much. He said he was a ruler. So he had a lot in his possession. And Jesus saying, sell it all. Something that was almost impossible to his imagination, Jesus kind of picked out here. And he said, he says, give all you have to the poor and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And when the rich man heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for the rich man, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? So this guy went from so ecstatic and pumped about what he can do to, wow, I can't amount to that, and he gives up. Guys, the other extreme that we see tonight is this is that not, we don't get caught up in our self-righteousness, but we get caught up in our self-messed-upness. I once was at a Sweet 16 when I was younger, and I, I was talking to my friend about God, and she looked at me and she said, Andrew, you know what? I just, I don't think that God can ever forgive me for what I've done. 
And I, I, for, I never forgot that conversation. I don't even remember what I said after that. I know I tried to probably, but I couldn't break her of that thought. And so many times we get this mindset like, oh man, I can't rewrite the wrongs that I've committed. And see, my fear is this. My fear is that in this mindset that we can get caught up in performance-based Christianity, where we, need to, we worry about how well we perform and how much we do, that to the point where when, it gets, when we mess up enough, that it's like, it's like we become the rich man and we say, you know what, I just can't do this, and we walk away. See, the rich man, he was like, he just realized that I, he can never amount to that which was expected of him. And I want you to realize this tonight, that, that Jesus was, was not saying we need to sell our stuff in order to, be, to go to heaven. No, he's not saying that. What Jesus was saying, to, was, was doing, was revealing to this man that there is something inside him that cannot be redeemed by him. That tonight, that, that when you and I, when we try to be our own savior, we're gonna fall on our face, that we cannot do it, that none of our works that we do will amount to us earning God's favor. See, Jesus is trying to show him that I am the one who gives you favor. Maybe tonight you're saying, man, I, Andrew, I, just, I, I, I am caught up in that. I am caught up. I feel like I can't be forgiven. I feel like that, that I can't rewrite the wrongs that I've made. Maybe that's how you feel tonight. I want to let you know something. You cannot rewrite the wrongs that you've made. You're right. And you're, because of that, you are one step closer to understanding the gospel tonight. You're one step closer to understanding something that this man didn't understand. Because we can't. I can't rewrite the wrongs. That no matter how persistent I am in what I do and, and, and what I try to do for God, that I can never earn his favor because it's already been given to me. Jesus continues. He said, Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And then these people who are sitting here, they're so wrapped up in what well, you have to do, 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 and do all these things in order to get God's favor. They don't understand it. And they say, they, they, in verse 26, they say, those who heard this asked, and who can be saved? They didn't get it. It's like our culture today, we're so caught up in what we need to do. And then Jesus says something, and let it hit your heart. Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Tonight, when I think about us being persistent, I think what we need to focus on is not what Andrew can do, not what you can do, but what can God do? Not, oh, well, I have to do all these good things and to get God's, oh, hey, God, look at all these good things I did. I'm a, I'm a worship leader. I'm a speaker. You know, can you look at me? That God's favor and his love is already on us. But at this point in this story, Jesus didn't die yet. So we look at this next part. So as this is all going on in verse 31, Jesus, he, he kind of pulls his disciples away. So they're, they're all, all this is going on. He said, what's impossible with God is, 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 was impossible with man is possible with God. He pulls the guys aside. He pulls his 12 aside and it says this in, in verse 31, Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the son of man will be fulfilled. 
He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. Jesus often referred to himself as the son of man. So he basically pulls his disciples aside and says, guys, come here. What is impossible with man is that is going to be possible with God. And this is how it's going to be done. The Bible says that the disciples didn't understand what he was talking about at that point. But I think this is something that we need to realize tonight. I want you to think about this for a second. If I were to tell you that tonight you're going to go home, you're going to go to sleep, and tomorrow morning you're going to wake up, and there's going to be a man at your door, and he's going to pull you outside, he's going to beat you, he's going to spit on you, he's going to flog you, and he's going to kill you. If you knew that was waiting for you tomorrow at your house, I think you would do anything you could possibly do to not be at your house tomorrow morning. And yet here's Jesus. Looking at the fact that you and I, we all fall short. Looking at our sin. Looking at that, that we can accomplish nothing in of ourselves. That, that, that we are not good, but only he is good. And he says, this is impossible. But what's impossible with man is possible with God. And Jesus makes sure that no matter what happens, that he would end up at the cross. He even tells his disciples, imagine that. Imagine you confiding in someone the biggest struggle in your life and they look at you and say, uh, what are you talking about? Imagine the loneliness that must have been and the fact that these people didn't understand what he was doing. Isn't it so hard, guys? Isn't it true? It's so hard to love someone who doesn't appreciate you. And guys, tonight the reason why we could be so persistent in our faith is, is not to please God. It's not to try to earn his favor. It's not try to box him in so he, he has to do what we say. That's wrong. Because the reason why we should be persistent is because of his great love for us. Because Jesus looked at us when we were a mess and said, I'm gonna go to the cross for them. And my question is, are we being persistent out of fear or out of love? Because it's out of love that God wants us to serve him. Jesus paid it all. He took all your sin. He took all your shame. Those wrongs that you can't make right, he can make right. See, it's no surprise that when we fail, and for some reason when we mess up, we just got, I, I gotta get out of here. God, I can't. We can't, I can't focus on you because I messed up and I'm not good enough. But God is saying, no, I, I took sin, I took your sin so seriously that I went to the cross for it. Even just preaching about this concept, I, I feel like I, I can't get it across. Because why would Jesus die for me? Why would he die for you? I don't, I don't get it. It made sense when I was running through practice, but it, it doesn't, it's, at the same sense, it, it's just too big for us to understand. So tonight, before we can do anything, we need to meditate and know the love of Jesus. So I want you to get this, that Jesus' persistent love makes the impossible possible.
that if he didn't go to the cross, he would have never created the, he would have never closed the gap that gives you and I the favor that we can have from God today. That the reason why we can keep going, the reason why we can keep being persistent and, and seeing God show up in our lives is because Christ died to create a bridge over an endless sea. There was no way that we can get across it. There was no way that we can swim because we would drown. But Christ created a bridge. Now we can go across it. Now we can encounter him. Now we can see great things happen in our lives. Now we can see great breakthrough happen in this youth group, in our families, in our homes, in our churches. Well, because of his love. So tonight, guys, let this message be freeing that, hey, look, we don't need to kind of jump up and down and try to get God's attention and we already have it, that he, his love is already there, that when we serve him, it should be out of a heart that is saying, man, I am responding out of love and not out of obligation, not out of fear. Just gonna invite the band to come back up. And usually at this point in the message, we kind of talk about, well, what do we do with this? Man, what do we do with that which we just heard? Tonight, simple. We need to know something, that it's not by our works that we got Jesus' love. It's not by anything and of our merit. It's not by how good we talk and how, how well we perform. It's because of Jesus' love. When we understand his love, we're not gonna be making excuses for our sin. This isn't a message of cheap grace and saying, oh, do whatever you want because Jesus died for you. No, when we understand what Jesus has done, man, our natural reaction is to serve him, is to follow him. When we truly grasp that. Maybe I didn't do a good job at articulating that tonight, but it is so big and such a hard task that people can spend lifetimes preaching on that over and over. My heart for this youth group is that we just know the love of Christ and that we live out of that, that we are persistent out of that. When life doesn't go your way, when things start to fail, Man, that we wouldn't be discouraged, but we would know that, you know what? Christ loves me. He loved me enough to take care of my sin. So tonight, basically what we're gonna do now is we're just gonna have, in this worship time, we're just gonna focus on God's love for us. We're singing a song called Second Chance. And in this, man, it says, it talks about casting our fear aside and realizing that God has given us a second chance. <laughs> that God's love for us is so apparent. And the only thing I ask of us to do with this message is just realize that it's not our works that redeems us, but it's Christ's love. That is Jesus's persistent love. So we're just gonna do that. If you wanna just stand, the front's gonna be open. Let's just worship him tonight. Let's just allow the truths of his love to enter our hearts in a new and amazing way.